we we have had a whole bunch of really good reviews. We have. I was a little disappointed, uh, if if I'm honest, if I'm going to be really brutally honest, by the founder of One Password, his review, which was one line, uh, and it wasn't awful. It isn't terrible. There yeah. we go. He says this isn't terrible, so and, you know. And he didn't he didn't tell any one of us that he'd left this review. <laughs> he just went ahead and left it. Five stars though, he can't complain. Okay, five five stars. Yeah. This isn't yeah. terrible. Uh so there there we go. That was that was good. My favourite review of the of the new bunch was I've been listening to the show since day one and I'm gonna say that it definitely got better over time. <laughs> which yeah, I totally agree with that we've definitely got better over time. In fact I don't even want to go back and listen to the first fifty episodes of this podcast because it would just be too painful. Oof, I don't think I could do that. No. I think that yeah, that might be a terrible idea. Yeah. It might be kind of fascinating though. We should do a live listen along to the first episode. Yeah. Like a reaction <laughs> YouTube. Yes. Like those two brothers there's those uh, those two brothers who listen to songs like popular songs from the 80s and 90s for the first time and they just like lose their minds over how great they are <laughs> it could be that except it'd be us listening to ourselves from last year and just cringing so hard the entire time yeah i don't think i could do it I'd, mm. no i couldn't either. <laughs> the the other review that i would like to highlight is grab a cuppa and a chocolate hobnob and settle down to be entertained and that that was from someone in the united states of america what? <laughs> and I'd just like to applaud that person for the resourcefulness of mm. uh, getting a cup of tea and a chocolate hobnob uh, in the US, which yeah. the tea bags aren't right Oh, in the whole of your nation. I don't know what you're doing there. They're just not right. Oh, interesting. I want to know more about this. Does it take you like 10 days to boil the kettle as well, or is that just Canada? <laughs> yes. They also have incredibly <laughs> underpowered kettles. Mm. I experienced this while in, while in Canada, where you... Like, first of all, we we rented a furnished apartment and it didn't have a kettle. Don't don't call something furnished if it doesn't have a kettle. <laughs> yeah, like don't boil it on the hob either. It just seems like you know that you need fire in order to do that. We've come on quite a lot since fire as a as a modern technology, and we have things like kettles now. <laughs> I don't know, Rue. You boil your water in the microwave, and it, oh no, it makes me think less of you. That's okay. I can accept that. I do the best I can. Because I don't know whether you understand whether that water is boiling or not. See, the water goes from not hot to hot. No, no. You don't make tea with hot water. I'm sorry? You don't make tea with hot water. You make what? it with boiling water. Okay, well, so I boil it. Fine. Like, mm. Do you, though? Boiling is hot. Yes. Mm. Do you know how I know that it's boiling? Um, bubbles. There's bubbles that come out of it. And then it, and it roils a bit. So yeah. <laughs> All right. This is riveting. I mean, it really is. We <laughs> None of this is useful. None of this is useful. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording the introduction, but I do want to talk about the game today. Because I've got high hopes that everybody enjoys this. But I have playtested it with both you two, which failed. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with my wife. and Didn't she swear at you? Uh, she said it was really stupid. It was a stupid idea. Uh, she wanted nothing to do with it. And uh, she thought it was going to, you know, degrade the show a noticeable amount. <laughs> so I'm going in there with full confidence. Wow. High hopes. Yeah. Oy. So we've got that to look forward to later. Wow. I like that uh, vote of confidence from your wife there. <laughs> so, but I think we can jump into some... Uh, Watchtower Weekly. Let's do it. So, 
The uh, the first story is the cyber insurance giant CNA uh, has been hit by a ransomware attack. So insurance firm CNA Hardy says it has suffered a sophisticated cybersecurity attack uh, that has impacted its operations, including its email system. The firm said the security of our data uh, and that of our insureds that's a new word that I've never heard before, and other stakeholders, is of the utmost importance to us. Uh, should we determine that this incident impacted our insurance or policyholders' data, we'll notify those parties directly. CNA doesn't go into, into details regarding the nature of the attack, but according to a report on Bleeping Computer, the insurer was hit by a new type of ransomware known as Phoenix Crypto Locker and possibly linked to Evil Corp. So points for both of those names. The ransomware reportedly encrypted data on over 15,000 devices on CNA's corporate network, as well as the computers of remote working employees who were logged into the firm's VPN when the attack occurred. So that's already an incredible feat. I mean, not a nice one, but still, you know, technically complex, I imagine. Of course, one of the, the types of insurance that, you know, CNA sells is uh, cyber insurance. Uh, so <laughs> I wonder if this made them a target almost. Uh, they said, we understand that no matter what industry your clients operate within, cybercrime uh, poses one of the greatest risks. In fact, cybercrime is one of the world's fastest growing criminal activity, uh, estimated to cost businesses more than $340 billion a year. Uh, whilst money is the primary motivator for cybercriminals, other factors such as ideology, sympathy, anger and espionage are also significant drivers of cybercrime. That's an interesting uh, bit to add in there, right? I wonder whether they're going to pay the ransom, <laughs> but not class it as a motivator for it. Mm. You know, it was ideology, of course. Through, through our Net Protect product line, uh, we provide first and third party cyber coverage to address a broad range of exposures, including security breaches, mistakes and unauthorized employee acts. So, you know, no one should uh, smirk too quickly at CNA Hardy's misfortune. Uh, uh, you know, every day more and more organizations are being hit by this type of ransomware. There is no industry that is magically immune from this. Uh, so, yeah. What do you guys think? A target made because of offering cybersecurity insurance or uh, or just another target? I feel like they probably were a target because... There have been a lot of stories recently around the fact that ransomware gangs are specifically targeting businesses who have taken out cyber insurance, uh, which is probably because they feel more likely to succeed and extort some kind of ransom. Yeah. So in this case, they were probably targeting this insurance giant, CNN, because they were trying to unearth their customers. It's kind of a, a two for one deal, right? Because now they can hold the customers and the insurer to ransom as well. I wonder if they're just, you know, following the money. Yeah. All right. This next one. Uh, TikTok will no longer let people opt out of personalized ads. So TikTok, everybody's favorite dancing social network, uh, will soon make <laughs> personalized ads mandatory meaning that you'll start getting ads in the app based on the kind of content you engage with, whether you want them or not. TikTok, to me, is one of the most tailored, kind of algorithmic-based, obvious networks. As soon as I like one thing of someone doing a voiceover or a video of their dog, that's all I get. <laughs> I get like a mixture of, of similar, like, you know, they experiment, they send me one every now and then that's like, you know, this person doing something stupid but then like if i don't engage with that 
they don't you know follow that through very often so it really strikes me as one of the biggest obvious motivators of them which is like you know to to personalize the the advertising i was surprised when i read this one because i thought that it flew directly in the face of what apple was doing with ios 14 but it's not that's about cross app ads or cross service ads Mm. or cross service tracking this is all centralized within tiktok itself so they don't have to give you the ability to opt out of these types of personalized ads they can still like you said you watch one type of video and all of a sudden you're getting ads for new Reeboks. i wonder if they have enough data almost i know you know data feeds and more data feeds more but i i wonder if this is plenty for them to personalize stuff and they they kind of don't need to i bet it is to cross i bet it is yeah i bet you this data is incredibly valuable just remember tiktok is free uh, so someone is paying in some way. So you are the product. Yeah. yeah. So the, the app currently has a setting that allows users to choose whether they'll be served ads based on their activity within the app. And starting April 15th, it reads a notice that shown when opening your app, your settings will change and the ads you'll see maybe start to be based on what you do on TikTok. So not just what you watch, what you do too. Uh, and TikTok says it's committed to respecting the privacy of its users According to a TikTok spokesperson, we will continue to be transparent about our data privacy practices and help users understand their privacy choices on our safety center. Uh, They will, of course, just be offering less privacy choices, but want you to understand them more. People will still be able to control whether TikTok personalizes ads based on data pulled from other apps and, and websites. So, so exactly what we were talking about earlier, you know, you, you can still control that. Uh, this change in, in TikTok's privacy settings reflects the way ads already operate on many social networks, including Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, like all of them personalize the ads that they offer you based on the tracking across the things that you do within that app. The change is likely related to Apple's rollout of, of iOS 14 as well, which will require developers to, to get users permission to track their data across apps for, for targeting adverts. Any apps that don't request permission will risk suspension or removal from the App Store. So I, I wonder whether they're, they're hedging their bets on like, you know, all of their personalized ads within the platform based on the, the activity that you have. And then, you know, for people that allow them, mm. mixing that up. I've never used TikTok before. Am I Am I missing out there? I, I mean, you you really are. No. I can, no. Uh, I can send you no. some brilliant things. Don't install it. I, I think <laughs> what, what you really need, instead of installing TikTok or using it or anything, what you need is just a good friend like me. Yes. Uh, to find you the best content that is on TikTok and then send you links to that. And you can just watch that in a in a in a privacy based browser. I'm down with that. And and that gets you really the best of both worlds. So I, I would recommend, you know, at the end of this story, for anybody who is is <laughs> concerned about privacy but wants to see the great content that TikTok has, just just find yourself a friend uh, that that doesn't mind being shown <laughs> adverts for dog food because they don't have a dog, but TikTok thinks that they do. So I uh, <laughs> I have a friend like that. I have a couple friends who send tiktoks over over to me the other day there was like when when a tiktok video finishes they show you you know links to more tiktok videos and i was like oh that looks interesting and so i tried to watch one of the next ones but to do so you have to be in the app and so i took me to the app store i was like fine so i installed tiktok couldn't find the video of course that i wanted to see nonetheless i blinked and 20 minutes had gone by as I had been scrolling through videos, and I went, Ugh! and I deleted it right away because it's an insane time set. Excellent. Oh, it's 
it's terrible. These videos might be really quick, but you find enough of a good one, right? Their algorithm is just so smart. They're what? <laughs> Sorry, say that again. <laughs> did, did I not say algorithm? <laughs> no. There you go. That's attaboy. It's hot. Okay, I'm I'm melting. <laughs> their, their algorithm is so smart that like it doesn't send you hit after hit. It sends you hit. And then like your five videos next, and then maybe maybe two hits in a row, you know, just to just to keep you thinking that they're they're doing the top stuff. And then like they send you a bit of rubbish, bit of rubbish, and then just another hit. Yeah, I mean, it's like a pop album <laughs> in twenty twenty one. Is just like every third fourth song is just good enough to keep you listening. Apparently, there is a video that appears in your feed after about seventy to ninety minutes that goes, hey. Maybe take a break. Wow. You know, you should go stretch your legs. Apparently, that's a thing that exists. I've never seen it. 70 to 90 yeah. minutes. I, I don't. Yes. Oof, that's. Matt and I have a mutual friend who has seen that video about <laughs> five or six times. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Alec uh, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, my God. Put the TikTok down. See, I'm reading digital minimalism right now, so this does not sound like no. the thing for me. No, that's digital maximalism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I won't send you the good TikToks. Oh, Sorry. no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, he's doing you a favor. So this next one, Facebook is working on a version of Instagram for kids under 13. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think we just leave that one there, right? Yeah. (laughs) Let's just deep sigh, move on. So the next one, Amazon driver quits, uh, saying the final straw was the company's new AI-powered truck cameras that can sense when workers yawn or don't use a seatbelt. So this is published by Business Insider and, and the Thomas Reuters Foundation published a report about this. So Vic, who asked the Thomson Reuters Foundation to use only his first name for fear of retaliation, this month quit his job delivering packages for the tech giant. He started to work in 2019 and saw Amazon's policy change to include the more active means of of surveillance. First, there was an app tracking his route. Then the company wanted pictures of him at the beginning of each shift on another app. But the breaking point, told Thomson Reuters, when... Amazon announced that it was installing AI cameras in its fleet of vehicles. This just sounds like the most Amazon thing ever. <laughs> it sounds like some kind of Blade Runner science fiction horribleness, right? Yeah. It sounds like dystopia, and I do not like it. It's great. This is this is Demolition Man, right? The the automated verbal <laughs> alerts. So <laughs> you have been fined one credit for a violation of the Amazon delivery statute. Ah. Uh, it is identical to that, isn't it, really? It's so good. Do you think they see that? Do you think the people who implement this stuff see that they're doing... Or is it just cool to work on AI these days? What's the experiment where... Um... Oh, because they're told to do something. Yeah, that's a horrible experiment. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, Like you're where you're shocking somebody, yeah. right? It's that. Like, they're, they're getting paid to do this, and they're just like, oh, this is my job. I guess I'm just doing it. Yeah, so Insider reported uh, in February that Amazon was equipping all delivery vehicles with AI cameras called Driver Eye, which is manufactured by a company called Netrodyne. Oh, you can't make this up. Netrodyne. And they don't see that they're evil? Yeah. Uh, the cameras are always on and scan drivers' body language and the speed of the vehicle to detect whether a driver is wearing a seatbelt, even down to measure drowsiness. It hints onto a good idea, but could you not just connect a circuit up with the, with the seatbelt? Right? Like that. Why does everything need to be AI and cameras these days? If your company name ends with uh, Dyne, D-Y-N-E, 
you might be evil. Uh, just you should you should really get that get that checked out. Yeah, I'm not sure whether Cyberdyne were evil. I just think that they were clueless about the evil that they created. Right? Isn't that the whole? <laughs> isn't that the whole premise of Terminator? <laughs> and Metrodyne just sounds it sounds too close. <laughs> and you know, are they aware of the evil that they're creating? Why why not just have a little LED that shines? brightly when you don't have your seatbelt connected in that's already a thing i'm not sure this whole level of body language ai is really necessary matt as my manager if you set up a camera in my office to check how many times i yawned or took a break to make a cup of tea i probably wouldn't like it because it would probably be a lot (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like you know, we're not in America, so the kettle would only take a few minutes to boil when I went to make my cup of tea. But, you know, <laughs> you seeing me make 10 cups of tea in a day probably still would make me feel a bit guilty. So so when you when you talk like that, it's dystopian, right, to have a camera that, that does all that stuff. But like a lot of companies have trackers on the computer when you type and when you don't type and mm. when you're active and when you're not active. So like that exists. That is a thing. Yeah. And pretty common in in a lot of places. This is the type of thing that I think you should be made to be aware of when you're like applying to a job and and that type of thing. Because it it Mm. does go to show the the type of company that you're going to work for. I understand to a certain extent when it is about company equipment. These these trucks are quite expensive and and they want to obviously protect their investment and and accidents are never good anywhere. Yeah. There are other ways to do it than AI and cameras. And I feel like AI and cameras is just the answer to everything. It's the it's the hammer for every nail at the moment. Like don't Amazon drivers have enough to worry about? They need to be thinking about like the sixty deliveries a day. Well yeah, but that and they need to make the company more money because I've you know, I've heard they're not doing so well. <laughs> they need to they need to get their profits back up, you know? Are they not? <laughs> <laughs> That was a joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're obviously doing very well. They do not need to worry about their profits. That that is true. Maybe they're spending too much money on stupid AI cameras. So joining me on the show today is Colin Kennedy. Colin is the chief business officer at Ramp. And Ramp is redesigning how corporate spend should be managed from the ground up to save time, money and ensure control with the only corporate finance card and spend management platform that strengthens your finance. Welcome to the show, Colin. Uh, how are things? Yeah, thank you. I think we may need to try to find you a job at Ramp too, if you're if you're up for it. That was one of the best Ramp descriptions I've heard. Thank you. <laughs> no worries at all. Uh, so, so for folks who might not have heard of Ramp, what are you doing over there, and and how did it all start? Sure, great question. So, Ramp's main focus is really allowing companies to have access to just the leading technology for their managing their expenses and being able to save as effectively as possible. So our key differentiator is whereas other solutions are encouraging companies to essentially spend and have some type of perverse incentives in place where their compensation and their motivation is generally to get companies to spend more, our focus uniquely is on getting companies to spend less. It's an expense management and corporate card solution really with that core value of helping companies spend less and also then using the information on how companies spend to help them be able to better manage their spending. And that involves giving insights 
a very simple digital form that companies can action to understand how they're spending, how they're trending, and what things they can do to, to manage those spends, that spending more effectively. Yeah, I, I really love all the innovations in this space. I know you have like, you know, virtual cards and spending limits and everything like this. Like all these things are, are relatively new to the industry, but they're really exciting to see how far we've come in, in a really quite short space of time i i know in terms of how old the banking and financial industry is like we've seen some really great innovation in in the last few years it's been really wild to see and it's just we feel really privileged to be a, a part of it you'd also ask how did ramp start and some of the backstory and it's interesting in that those of us who have known of ramp for a while have been involved generally in some part of the the fintech ecosystem and some of us including the co-founders, have experience at larger financial institutions. They had spent as a bunch of time at Capital One. I had spent a bunch of time at American Express and elsewhere. And when we would get together and talk, it was just so clear that we shared this fundamental belief in how much more financial institutions and even other fintech companies could be doing just to ease the life of all of us who are working and spending and looking to focus on the core parts of our business. And then it was interesting to watch the trajectory of Ramp. I think just after about a year or so, after the company had started, I met up with Kareem and Eric. We were talking about different opportunities and they kindly offered to pay for my Uber home after our dinner together. And this was back when uh, it was much more common for folks to be going out for dinner and drinks and and the like. (laughs) And they very quickly said, hey, let us just put a Ramp card on your phone. And so within two minutes, I had a ramp virtual card on my phone. I was able to use that to take my Uber home. And as simple as that is, and as similar as that may be to what we're used to on the consumer side, it's just so different from what a lot of us are able to experience uh, anytime we're interacting with corporate expense or corporate payment solutions. Absolutely. And and let's talk about the exciting integration, you know, between one password and, and ramp. And for those listening in, you know, one password and ramp have partnered to make it easier than ever for customers to save their details in 1Password. Because, you know, as you're generating all of these things, these are all things that you also need to keep secure. And 1Password and, and Ramp have partnered to introduce the, the Save in, in 1Password button, which customers will see on their Ramp dashboard. When they click the button, 1Password offers to save their details, their payment card details. And from then on, 1Password will automatically surface those payment card details whenever an online purchase is made. And also, you know, there's lots of potential for more than just banking, you know, like reward cards and and members. Like this is our first step into kind of a developer ecosystem. And we're really happy to do that with Ramp along with us. It's really mutual. We are very excited about this partnership. For us, anything that makes the lives easier and makes day-to-day activities simpler for our customers is something we're really excited about. Out. We're also very partner-centric and partner-oriented, and to have a partner like 1Password that so many of our customers use, that's able to work with us to make a really the day-to-day activities that much easier for our customers is just great. And really, at its core, it's a very simple but powerful integration where if you're using Ramp and using 1Password, your experience is better and simpler because your Ramp payment credentials can be automatically populated into one password, RAMP can easily become your default payment method. And that means you get the tremendous benefits. I've been a one password customer for years now and love using the product. It makes my life so much simpler whenever I'm interacting with any type of sites where I need to put in my credentials and it gives me a great feeling of security. So our users get that and it's security that's borne out also by the data in terms of what one password is able to do to protect users' credentials. And then on top of that, you have the benefits of RAMP. 
and the benefits in, including the 1.5% cash back on all of your expenses, but really even more importantly for a lot of our customers, the ability to have a partner that's helping you save in the long term and giving you insights that, that you can action to save more effectively. Yeah, that's really exciting. And Ramp is our first partner to adopt this capability because like, you know, saving things in, in one password has, we've been doing it for a long time, but we've been doing it really without partnerships like this and without an ecosystem and helping developers kind of help their customers to to save stuff in one password we've always relied on kind of our ability to do things in the browser extension and just kind of absorb right and the possibilities for this are so exciting because it's the accuracy and the intent right it's not just like us relying on the wild west of the web to absorb credit card details and, and get them correct and everything like that which is you know we're really good at we've got a lot of experience at but it is very difficult and doing stuff like this just means that the ease of use for customers is so exciting as a designer who is working to kind of make our product better every day partnerships like this are just <laughs> amazing and it's great to see kind of from the ramp side as well you know the users store banking information and securely and promoting password managers and that type of thing from the ramp side you know what, what do you think the biggest risks are with online banking these days and how do you see that kind of changing in the future yeah i think a, a couple of points i think it's a really really great question and, and the the premise of what you're referencing before is is one that clearly really resonates with us and that's just being able to both make the lives of end employees easier make the benefits to an accounting and finance department uh, but also just the, the benefits that can be extended to the developer community and having very very easy access or ways to deploy solutions like ramp and and one password I think to the, the point around banking, it's really great to see how banking is increasingly integrated in not just a more seamless way, which is probably one of the most overused buzzwords of the last five or 10 years in tech, but really in a secure way. It's clear that banks are and financial institutions are kind of inching toward making their services easier for consumers and individuals as employees to use or to access when they need to. I think it's been fantastic to see some technology companies like Ramp and 1Password look for ways to better integrate simply core payment methods, namely that your credentials with Ramp or your, your payment information with Ramp into the critical work and the other critical infrastructure security tools that individuals use with 1Password being the premier one. So for us as workers or as employees, we're looking to have an experience increasingly similar to what we get in our consumer lives. And when we're looking at, to go on a trip, when we're looking more so perhaps to make that digital purchase of any kind, we would like to be able to do that without focusing on what's the payment method that I'm using and how do I securely input that in a manual way, but have that integrated and have that integration with the security of what 1Password offers. I think that in all of our conversations with users and all of our ongoing conversations and research with finance groups, developers, any one of the constituents often comes back to the theme around how can we best make that purchase experience easy and seamless and secure. And with 1Password really being the pioneer and being such a leader in that space, being able to extend out to users the benefit of the integration with Ramp very quickly, easily into one password, it just gives an ability to extend that use case and that use of that payment method really easily and simply for consumers 
by leveraging 1Password's infrastructure. I think you hit the nail on the head with Seamless there. It is quite overused. Like in using consumer tools in my kind of daily life and then, you know, using business. The difference sometimes is so incredible. Trying to make a tool seamless, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it re- really is. Yeah, I think, you know, partnerships like this can only help both sides in terms of the seamless nature of trying to go through a, an activity of doing stuff like purchasing online. Completely. I think, I think that's a great, a great way to frame it. I mean, there's, there's so many different use cases for what people want to do. And it's great for us being a really user-oriented product engineering-led organization to focus on how can we increasingly meet the high standards that we all have for ease of use for these products. We do pride ourselves a lot on, as I think 1Password does, on having a very simple solution that delivers the core value. So switching gears a little bit, what can people do if they're listening to the call and they might be Ramp customers, they might be 1Password customers, they might be both. What can people generally do to secure their finances today, do you think? Securing their finances, not from a, you know, financial point, but from a technological point. Sure, great question. So I think there's two or three things. One, at the the core level, there is so much in the area of financial security from a technical perspective that comes down to using the right tools. And that is finding companies, finding partners that really do prioritize security. That is why we both as individuals and and as a company like working with 1Password. It's, again, a tool that we've used both before this partnership and certainly are using increasingly as part of this partnership. So I think it's great that we as consumers now have access to, to solutions like that. I think one corollary there is also which financial institutions, which financial partners are you working with? Are you partnering with folks that that are doing things demonstrably clearly to ensure that they are to show that they also take your security seriously? It is just too easy for so many companies to focus on other aspects of what's offered and sometimes on the more glamorous aspects. We're very proud and excited about the cashback benefits we give and the great insights and the control and, and all of those things, but really are one of our core responsibilities to our users is to secure their credentials as easily and as strongly as possible. And 1Password lets us do that. So I think one, from the consumer's perspective, one part is using the the right partners, the right vendors. I think the second part, just in terms of some basic hygiene is remembering that we are certainly all equally exposed in both the the physical environment, which we will hopefully be increasingly interacting in as things change across the, the coming quarters or coming months, and also in the digital environment. And in those environments, remembering some of the basic hygiene of using secure solutions, of limiting where we're we're entering our our information and continuing to work with partners who are clearly dedicated to our security or I think are two critical items. And all of that, I think, really just lets folks focus more on what we all want to be doing. And that's our our core jobs or enjoying different different aspects of our life. Yeah, I I think that kind of concentration on security is, is really important because as the kind of financial technology industry has grown, I think there's a lot of other areas that others are concentrating on and perhaps not looking at security. And and people used to assume that, you know, you pick any bank and it's just as secure as the as the next. But I I do think there's a bit more involvement in kind of shopping around for financial services these days. Yeah, I think I think it's a great framing. I I think part of it comes down to ensuring that security is one of the criteria that you're using as as an individual. And part of what's driven this one password partnership for us is really a desire to ensure that we're doing whatever we can to manage the security effectively for all of our customers. We, we see this as being kind of a great step in that direction. So for the ramp customers listening that, that might not be 
OnePassword customers, are you sending them anywhere? Is there any information that they can look up? Really, really good question. So we will be doing some announcements broadly so folks can be aware of this benefit. The integration for anybody who looks for it and has the OnePassword plugin installed and is using Ramp will be very easy to find and very, very easy to action. And if someone isn't a, a Ramp customer currently, where can they go to find out more information about you know, ramp in general and, and perhaps some elements of our partnership. Yeah, just to uh, what has become my favorite website and just ramp.com. It's a very, very simple, quick and easy setup process. We really have seen tremendous adoption in the self-service model. So we very much believe the product has to stand very strongly on its own. So while there is support and there's easy ways to inquire to ramp directly and have somebody give you an overview of the offering, talk you through aspects of the solution, Anybody can just go to ramp.com. You'll see a very simple sign-up process. And when you're there, you'll take a couple of minutes to enter your very, very basic initial information. And within a few minutes, you will be signed up for Ramp. You'll see it right in the upper right corner in our favorite yellow logo color. Just clicking on Get Ramp at ramp.com. Perfect. Well, I think that's all we've got time for. Excellent. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you both. Pleasure to connect. Pleasure to talk. So moving on, we have Ask One Password. This is our listener portion of the show where we answer all your burning questions. So if you have any questions or thoughts on what we're doing, then please send them into media at onepassword.com or you can tweet us using the Ask One Password hashtag. And we just have the one question this week, which is from Brent on Twitter. And they ask, is it possible to have a second 2FA device slash app as a backup? Is it possible to have a second 2FA device app as a backup? In most services, yes. In 1Password, you are kind of adding the TOTP codes, the time-based one-time passwords, into items. And so any device that you run 1Password on becomes a 2FA device, right? So you can really have as many as you want with 1Password. I, I know with other services that, that offer like just 2FA codes, syncing them is the most difficult bit. And so it might not be available in some services, but, you know, shop around, find one that is. Nice. So finally, we get to unveil our new game. So Matt, did you want to do the honours? All right. So the new game this week, it's called Three Word Password. Anna, you laughed at the name. (laughs) So if there's any suggestions uh, for a name, remember, ask on password. Three word password is the single worst way to share a password. The best way, of course, being one password. So that's 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 our link there. Do you like hey, it? Hey, I see what you did there. Right. So three word password. We are using cryptic clues to guess the three mystery words created by our memorable password generator. So I have created a password and I am then going to describe it to you in three parts. And you have to both give me the password at the end. And you can play along at home, you know, just listen and and shout out what answers you think. We won't be able to hear, but you can still enjoy it yourself. So here we go. So the first word is the term given to 46 different species of small marine fish in the hippocampus genus. They feature segmented bony armor, an upright posture and a curled tail. For pregnancy, the female transfers her eggs to the male. Mm. So there we go. That's that's number one. Got it. 
Wait, are, oh wait, hang on. Are Anna and I we're collaborating, right? This isn't this isn't competitive. You, we You're are. working together for this, yeah. Yeah. So so you can have a discussion at the end and then Yeah, right. So the first one is Seahorse. <laughs> you can see if you've worked it out. <laughs> or Rue just blurts it out. It's fine. Oh sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, so we've got Seahorse. Seahorse, number one. Right, that's what we're going with. Got it. Okay, perfect. Locked in. <laughs> All right, number two. A city built on a group of hundred and eighteen small islands linked by over four hundred bridges. Also a neighborhood on the west side of... I'm going to have to do that one again. That's okay. I already got it. A city built on a group of 118 small islands linked by over 400 bridges. Also a neighborhood on the west side of Los Angeles, famous mm-hmm. for its beaches. Yep. Got it. I've made this one. Oh, I made this one too easy, I think. It's Venice. Sorry. Let's it, continue. It, it is. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> okay. Next week, we need to go a lot harder with this, I see. So... The next one, a South Asian vine plant, but is now grown on most continents. It's made up of a large water content and is classified as a pepo berry, but is commonly conceived as a vegetable. Mm. Give Give it to me one more time. A South Asian vine plant, but is now grown on most continents. It's made up of a large water content and classified as a pepo berry, but is commonly conceived as a vegetable. A vegetable. Oh, I wonder if it's like zucchini. A berry. Huh. I mean, is a is a cherry a berry? Is cherry it's a, a berry? It's a, it's a particular type as well. A pepo. Is it a chili? No. So pepo means kind of fleshy, watery fruit uh, with numerous seeds and a firm rind. A firm rind. I'm I, like I'm leaning more towards zucchini, but like the the water content is like is, is it watermelon? No, really high, like ninety five percent water content. Ninety five percent water content. Like a cucumber or cucumber. Oh, there we go. <gasps> Seahorse Venice cucumber. There we go. That's the first three word password. Oh, I like this game. What do we unlock? What's behind the door? It's not an escape room, Anna. Oh, <laughs> I mean that that would. maybe it does need to have multiple levels on on this maybe you start unlocking word by word the clue for a different thing but our password generator is not that detailed um so so here we go seahorse venice cucumber Uh, it's the first three word password Uh, if you want to make suggestions of a word that should be included in three word password uh, please use the hashtag ask password but with that i think we can say love you both yeah love you man love you anna that was fun love you guys bye-bye